Hello again, Dwayne Drummond here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, good to be with you today. We've got a special guest uh, for everyone, so uh, it's good to be with you, sir. Yeah, exciting. I'm I'm excited. This, I think, is our second interview, right? We had one other one with uh, Kenny Bigby, right? That's right. Yeah, so this will be our second interview, and this is a cool one. This is a good friend of mine. Um, you know, we, we met at a martial art convention probably about four years ago, somewhere around. Well, we probably met way earlier than that, but we started doing some work together about three and a half to four years ago. And uh, this is a, a, a traditional martial artist in the art of Aikido, Kempo, Jiu-Jitsu. He's a swordman, um, very classical martial arts school. And that's why I thought this would be a really interesting interview for those of you out there listening because uh, a, lot, a lot of the coaching that goes on nowadays is, is telling people to get rid of traditions, get rid of the martial arts, move on to these next, as Dwayne, you and I call it, the next bright, shiny object, right? So um, right. I'm excited to do this interview today. Um, he's a, a high-ranking master, a soke of his own style, uh, which is like a grandmaster in his system. Uh, he's a published author uh, with many books on his, uh, you know, on his bookshelf written and published, and uh, he's working on one, and we'll talk about that later in the call, too. Um, his name is uh, David Nemiroff, and uh, he is a, uh, his rank is a Soke Dai. Welcome, uh, Sensei David, to the call today. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Great to have you here. So, you know, I wanted to start off, and Dwayne is a great interviewer, but I'm going to kind of lead him down a few paths because I know you mostly. And I want to I want to start from the beginning. You know, when we first met, you know, your school was uh, probably at about, I don't know, 70 or 80 students, somewhere around there, maybe 90. I could be wrong. It's a long time ago. Um, you know, you were, uh, you know, you were doing things like you remember you your instructors doing them, and then of course we eventually started doing some coaching together. And the real reason for this call is to show people how when we change our mindset, um, everything changes. So uh, I, you know, I would give you some ideas on how I ran my school, and I think we kind of connected, and you had a little bit of trust in me. Of course, you were a little leery because I'm a coach, you know, and I'm just telling you stuff, and you don't really know because is it going to fit your school or you know is it just what works for me and um, but being that I'm a traditional martial artist I think we connected on that front um, and you were able to say well at least this guy does kind of almost similar to what I do and he's running a successful school so you know uh, tell me a little bit about your mindset and you know when you first came on board coaching and it's not about coaching with me I'm not trying to sell my coaching services to anybody Dwayne and I do these calls just for educational purposes to the martial art industry. But I wanted to get inside your head a little and um, talk about, you know, what were you thinking way back when, if you could rewind a little, you know, when you'd hear me say things like do this or do that. Like what were your thoughts? All right. Well, you know, I I remember, um, you know, meeting you. uh, It was uh, at uh, Steve Allen Goldberg's uh, event in in Atlantic City. And and you're right. The fact that – you have some uh, traditional uh, training that was important to me so, because you had to understand uh, for me to work with you where I was coming from. Uh, I felt that was really important to me. And, um, you know, uh, we started, I guess it was three and a half years ago. And, um, yeah, I was thinking, you know, um, I know that, you know, um, the martial arts can offer so much, but I was 
not running it right. You know, I, I'm, I knew my martial arts skill was was uh, of a certain caliber, um, but there was something with the business side of it that I knew I could improve on. And, um, you know, and, and then we had talked uh, for a while, and, um, you know, and after after long discussions, I, I think you kind of uh, convinced me because you, you said, you know what, give me three months, and if if it doesn't work, then we'll part ways as friends. And, 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 you know, I, I said, you know what, for three months, let me give it a try. And, mm. and, uh, in hindsight, you know, I feel really badly for you that you had to put up with me, you know, for, for this amount of time, because, uh, because I'm stubborn, you know, and, and, uh, as a purist, uh, and, and old school mindset, I think I was approaching, uh, the business side of it, uh, in some ways similar to uh, the way that my, I approach my martial arts in that I, I don't, like, uh, modify it. I teach it the way it was taught to me by my teacher and the way that it was taught to him by his teacher, you know, so you keep things unadulterated. And, um, and so, you know, the way that I had kind of learned uh, about business, I think, was kind of of that old school mindset, kind of antiquated, um, and, and, you know, I didn't want to waver. Um, so, so I think that's, you know, that's where I, I first started from. Um, but, uh, you definitely have, have, uh, changed my thought, you know, and, hey, David, and, uh, yeah, David, can I, I just want to interrupt real quickly because there's a thought that's running here and I'm kind of curious is sure. the reason that you didn't want to, uh, change that. Was it because that, you know, from the business side of it, was it because that you didn't want to be what, you know, uh, everyone calls as a sellout? I mean, is that, was that like the block that you had or what was the block before you decided to go ahead and go, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll give you the three months and we'll try it. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's it. You know, I didn't want to be a McDojo. I didn't want to be a, a sellout. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I, I just uh, felt that, you know, uh, my teachers were doing it a certain way. Why shouldn't I do it the same way? You know, um, I'm very loyal to my teachers, and you know I, I didn't want to lose uh, the quality of martial arts that I was teaching by changing the, my business model. Gotcha. And what happened in those in those three months when you finally said, "All right, Ali, I'll go ahead and uh, and I'll trust you for three months." Uh, what occurred in that three month time? Obviously, you're still with him uh, as a as a, uh, a coaching client, so. He did something right, but I'm more curious about what happened with your mindset and your school in general that you decided, yeah, this is this I, I can do this and not be uh, a sellout, not be a McDojo, and still be a purist. Well, let me first say, and Ali did not prompt me in any way to say this, but um, he's a great coach, and and I would recommend him to anybody. Um, you know, because if, if he can deal with me, he can deal with just about anybody. But um, what I I mean, I'm a New Yorker, uh, as you guys are, and um, so you have to put your money where your mouth is, I guess. And, you know, he gave me um, specific things that, that he told me I, I had to do, and um, and I followed them. And, and from that, I made money. And, and I didn't have to change my martial arts in the process. Um, you know, I don't want to give away all his uh, trade secrets, but um, but uh, there's a lot of things that that he told me to do that um, 
that, you know, I listened and I said, you know what, I'm doing it wrong. And as long as it doesn't adulterate my martial arts, I, you know, I can have some flexibility in the business side of things. And that was a big fear is that by, would, would changing my business model affect how people perceive my martial arts and, and how people learned, which obviously it didn't. Um, it actually kind of enhanced it a little bit. Yeah, and if I could add to that, I remember um, for me when I coach, I you know I actually I'm I do want to you know preserve classical and traditional martial arts, and I want to just like I believe every other martial arts school owner wants, uh, whether they're more modernized and MMA style, it really doesn't matter. We we want to help our students. Sometimes it's through the vessel of technique and learning how to fight so that we could become more confident and lose weight and get in better shape, uh, while those classical schools, I believe, still hold on to values of philosophy and history and culture and spirituality. And I recognize that um, from day number one, that Sensei David was that kind of guy. He, you know, he wanted to have a school of classical martial arts with ancient values that are taught in the you know, modern society to benefit the world. However, for me, it was a little bit of a struggle for uh, me to get him to understand or believe that you could do the same you could you could do both of those things and not sell out and i know that his fear of course was that you know that old mcdojo phrase um was you know like i don't want to become a mcdojo so i can't be a good businessman so at first when i started coaching i had to explain the concept of um business more so not not that he didn't understand business but meaning that um there was no need to even consider selling out. It was really all about branding and professionalizing and becoming the consummate business owner as well. Being a black belt at Dwayne, as we say, a black belt on the floor and a black belt in business, um, what we call the, take, you know, the next level school owner mindset, right? That kind of concept. So, uh, you know, that's was, that was a big, that was a big time, a, a little bit of a, a, a speed bump to get over. Wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely. And, and you know, um, there are still things that, you know, you may suggest to me and I say, you know what, I don't feel comfortable with that. And you work with me on that. And, and I appreciate that. Um, yeah. You know, but but what, what I think that you're you're pretty good at is finding, you know, uh, my comfort zone and working within that and, and uh, you know, so making suggestions on how I can improve the business side of things. Um, you know, without compromising my beliefs. Like, you know, there are certain things that I just won't do. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be dressing up like Ninja Turtles or, or anything right. like that, you know. Um, but, but there are things that, that make sense within, you know, um, my school and within the, the message that I'm trying to convey that, that actually can enhance it. Um, you know, like, like for instance, doing more seminars and doing different, uh, types of classes that I wasn't giving access to uh, the general populace of my, of my school and, you know, different, different, um, you know, different uh, activities and, and uh, offerings. Uh, I think, I think uh, we're, we're a good choice, you know, and, um, and so, yeah, so I think you have some good ideas that work with, you know, that you're able to work with the, with the school owner to well, enhance first the business. Well, first, um, Dwayne, do you have any questions up until this point on that stuff? I, I wrote a couple down, but I'll, I'll wait because I, I, it, it, it'll all tie in. Yeah, I, I actually have one thing. So rewinding back again, um, 
when I first met you, you know, your prices were very low, David, Sensei David, too. I, I so, believe you told me I, I was the lowest priced person you had ever met. <laughs> well, not, yeah, not, I, but you were definitely on the lowest, lower end of the spectrum as far as fees. And I remember, you know, it was the same old thing that I get from everybody when I coach them. Well, we can't, you know, hey, listen, Ohio is different than New York. And they always, it's unfortunate that I live in New York. Everyone thinks I live in Manhattan in a sky-rise apartment and there are millionaires around me all day long. But I'm in Long Island, which is a suburb. It's a wealthy community, but we're taxed to the hilt. So we have as many struggles with middle-class families, you know, trying to pay their bills. And um, anyway, so I said to you, I think we need to raise our prices. And, and you're like, ah, it's never going to work where I live. And I'm like, listen, trust me. Just please do me. And then we did a test run. I said, do me a favor. Just do the first five. See? And if they resist, we'll figure out something else. And I remember, this is a funny statement, but I remember you saying to me, you go like, I raised my prices and, and the first person signed up and we literally added like 50, 60 bucks onto your price, right? You yeah. Know, so, you know, I think I think when I when I met you, I was charging the same thing that my teacher was charging back in 1986. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think uh, I didn't calculate for inflation. Uh, yeah. But yeah. But yeah. So we had to, you know, bring the tuition up to, you know, the current current market. And you you have a variety of prices, anywhere from like 130 upgrades to like 150 or 60. And um, you know, you're in rural Pennsylvania. Um, you know, the area at the time when we first started coaching was kind of devastated with the economy. So every, you know, just like anywhere in the United States, in rural areas, there are less people, less money, companies shutting down, plants closing up. And um, I remember that being a concern of yours. And I said, just do me a favor, just test market it. Let's do the first five. And number one and two and three signed up, like you know, at the snap of a finger. At the new price because you didn't you know sell it with any kind of fear you you sold it and you said these are my prices and then I remember you texting me or writing me an email and saying you know I kind of almost feel dirty like I did something <laughs> wrong like you know I'm a, like you're doing something bad because it was just easy but really it wasn't that you did anything wrong you had just been underpriced for so many years and people knew that they were taking it advantage taking advantage of who you were and what your price was they they didn't think to say hey i'm not going to pay 60 bucks a month i want to pay 130 a month because that's what you're worth so once you saw that happening right your your mindset started to change right away well yeah and you know we we have discussed this many times but you know if you look at what uh, a martial arts master pays in training and in certificates, you know, for rank and, and you know, all everything that, that it took to get to where they are. It's probably similar to, you know, getting a PhD. I mean, I know personally I've spent thousands upon thousands of dollars training with my teachers and flying to seminars and, you know, paying for rank and organizational fees and things like that over, you know, the last 30 years or so. Um, you know, so so – you know, if you look at what a PhD in another field gets paid, you know, and what they're worth, you know, we really are, are similar. You know, we're not a medical doctor, but we're, you know, I would say that many are, are you know, pay what uh, what it is for a, a doctoral degree. Right. Right. And, you know, and, and that is true. You know, knowing our net worth is very, very important. You know, it's like knowing that your, um, you know, what you give is life changing. What you do is, you know, is is unbelievably well worth the price that we charge. And martial arts school owners, in my opinion, across the country should be getting three, four, five hundred dollars a month. I mean, it's honestly no different than going to a private school 
or um, going to a seminar, you know, that I've gone to weekend seminars with world-renowned people and spent three, four, five thousand dollars in a weekend. Um, you know, so why is it that we're so nervous to sell our programs at a, a very fair and low price? So anyway, so let's let's move on to um, you know uh, another question. So. Um, I remember a lot of the coaching uh, would take place looking at numbers, right? And we would say uh, we got caught in what I would call the martial art calculator, you know. And 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 I'll tell people in coaching now uh, that are listening to this, or, or you know, about your situation where we had gone from about like 70, 80 students, and now we're at I think about 130 as far as student count. You know, people might think three years um, of coaching and only doubling or a little bit less than doubling our student count, that's one thing. However, um, you, know, you know, and they go, that's not all that impressive. However, we've literally quadrupled our income almost or triple, at least tripled our income. We've grown by, uh, what, like 30% the first year, um, you know, almost doubling our income, whatever the numbers are, but it's massive, massive, uh, you know, wins. So what do you say about that? Well, I mean, that's definitely true. Um, you know, my my income has, has significantly increased. I mean, I was, you know, when when I uh, met you, I was barely making a living. You know, I was keeping the doors open. I was, uh, you know, I was surviving. Um, and and now I'm not rolling in the money. You know, I'm not like you know uh, taking a limo everywhere. But but I'm living a, a much more comfortable life than I did. And and I remember. Um, you know, really focusing on the number of students that I had, and, and you, like you said, you 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 try to break me out of that mindset, and and I'm so focused on that. But if you if you take the bigger picture of what you want to convey in in the martial arts school, you can bring in other avenues of income um, that will increase the overall uh, you know cash flow of, of the business. Um, and, you know, for instance, you know, different uh, equipment and, and different, uh, different merchandise that, that supports what you do um, and different trips and, and things. So you got me to look at, at the bigger picture. And, and I, I think in t at the two-year mark, we, we had maybe only increased maybe 15 students over the course of the two years. But over the course of the two years, the income had doubled. Um, so, so, you know, there was definitely, a, you know, a shift that that happened, uh, you know, from from revamping the the, the business approach that that uh, that you teach. Yeah, and and I noticed too, um, and and Dwayne, and uh, you you know, you you and I talk about this all the time. Um, I noticed that you know we were focused on the systems for at least the first year, you know, adding in things like perfect attendance rewards and um, making sure that we were tracking attendance properly and sending out we miss you cards and, you know, the typical things in the industry that, you know, um, most coaches are talking about, but really refining our brand, the look of the school, you know, um, you know the, the way you approach the whole business side of it in your presentation and so on. So that was a major, a major mental or paradigm shift that we had to look for and it took a while it took practice it took consistency it took getting through it before it became a part of you or who you were or your everyday uh you know life your dna as we call it Dwayne and i 
in um, in the uh, coaching industry, our you know our DNA program that we have. So, Dwayne, any questions up to this point? Well, yeah, I'm I'm really curious with regards to the fact uh, that you said you know within a year or whatever it was, you know, you only grew 15 students, but you doubled in in uh, gross profit. Um, and the, I think the thing that I I, I kind of want to draw out is the fact that. One, you guys just said you, you were working on systems. You spent a lot of time making sure that the internal uh, engine of the school was where it needed to be in order to then be able to expand. And I think where a lot of us school owners go wrong is we're so focused on marketing and, um, you know, getting people in that our, when, our, when we get these ton of people to come in or what have you, our systems are not set up in a way that, that we're, we cannot – actually service that many people correctly. Um, and so it was really neat to hear that you guys really worked on the internal things first, still being able to double within a year or so, but only, you know, adding on 15 more students. That does not sound impressive, though, to the mindset of, of what most school owners are looking for today. So I'm kind of curious, how how would you tell a school owner that's listening to that right now and go, well, that's not impressive. Allie only got him 15 more students. And, you know, kind of talk a little bit about that because on, on the outset, it doesn't sound impressive. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, uh, let me tell you this. Uh, uh, doubling my income was impressive to me. You know, I mean, that, you know, and, and look, at, you know, you have to look at the numbers. And, and also, you know, um, like like uh, Ali said, you know, yeah, we had to implement systems, and and it made total sense to me that um, you had to have a system for business. I mean, in the martial arts, you have different systems, you know, um, and and it, there's a real regiment to things. So if, imagine if you went onto the class you know, on the mat and didn't have a system to teach anything. You just kind of made things up as you went along. It would be kind of haphazard. Well, you know, there had to be the same with business. It makes sense that that would be the case. Um, and, and, you know, as far as, you know, maybe 15 students, and it was 15 net students. You know, you have to realize that, that in this industry, you know, there are, there's, you know, articulation that happens. So, you know, it, it was 15 uh, net, not 15 total that he got over the course of that time. Um, and, you know, but, but if you look at, you know, purely from a business standpoint, um, of course, you know, everyone wants like a massive school with like, you know, a, a large following, but if you look at the numbers, they don't lie. And, and, you know, doubling your income, your gross income, I think anyone would be happy with that in the two year time. You well, know, let me let me let me put a little insight on that, just so the listeners could hear it. And I know Dwayne knows who I how I do it, and that's why he brought the question out. So, um, uh, you know, we both we work together on coaching people all the time, and our main goal is to shift their mindset. So, you know, using that martial art calculator, one student times a hundred dollars. You know, ten students is a thousand. So now, in order to make ten thousand, we need a hundred, and you know, twenty thousand two hundred. That's a great way of using the common core <laughs> math of the martial arts, right? So I look at student value um, versus student uh, count, 
And um, I used to run schools where I had 1,200 students and, you know, my main headquarters school, 570 students. That's impressive when you have 570 people in one room at a holiday party or, you know, 100 people in a class or a seminar bowing and doing what you do. But, man, it's a machine that is just so hard to maintain and it costs a lot of money. And just think of, you know, a school with 100 students, how many headaches we have with moms and dads complaining that little Johnny didn't get their blue stripe on time and, you know, this one wants that. And, you know, there's a lot. So now multiply that by, you know, 5, 10, 20 times, right? So it all depends on the model that you want to, you have. Um, but when, in regards to my coaching, it doesn't matter if you have, let's just say Dwayne and I shared the best marketing campaign in the world and your school was flooded with thousands of people and you even had a good sales process and you signed them all up and you got them in uniform and the money rolled in month one and then quickly started to decline because you're not set up to run a school of that size. So, you know, in the front door, out the back door. And um, we still deal with this, uh, Sensei David, on a regular basis where, you know, a few come in, you know, a few go out, and it's kind of frustrating at times. So we have to learn how to maintain and run a business at 100 students, at 150 students, at 175 students before we could grow with a solid foundation. So, um, so anyway, going back to what we did, Dwayne, what was pretty cool was um, I focused with Sensei David on things like retail. We took his retail from like $100 a month to sometimes two and $3,000 a month now, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it, you know, that's just one thing that literally was the dust collector on the shelf, and now it's a source of income, and if you make 50% of that 1000 bucks, it's $500 in your pocket. You know, that's a, a BMW payment or, a, you know, a small condo in Florida, whatever the case may be. Um, but it was wasted money because a lot of us look at our retail as like, you know, the annoyance of our school. Oh, yeah, we got to sell retail too. You know, when we don't realize that we literally have a, a built-in um, demographic of people that want to get stuff from, from our retail shop. Um, the other thing we focused on was events, how to make those events, not just come up with ideas, you know, who's got the cool, coolest spin on Nerf Wars, who's got the coolest spin on whatever, you know, um, but how to run an event and get maximum uh, attendance at a maximum profit, but give an event that people are going to walk away, which I call my red carpet premiere, walk away and go, oh, my God, this is the most fun my kid ever had. He's talking about it for days. And then we, all, of course, put in an upgrade program. You know, everyone, the buzz of the budge of the coaching world is upgrades, Black Belt Club, Masters Club, this club, that club, TLCD, ITP, I have them all. However, I don't do them just for income. I do them for retention. And that's what we did with you to give a higher level program so that people could, you know, really do better um, and enjoy themselves more and stick around longer uh, and so on. What do, you, what do you say about that? How about you, Sensei David? What are your thoughts? Well, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I, I see that now the people that take advantage of those programs, they're more connected to the school. You know, they they are excited to see the, you know, and have access to the information that they didn't have before, you know, with these special, you know, events and things. So so I, I definitely agree that, um, you know, that, that adding these uh, retention tools really help, you know, uh, make a community i think right well and i'm i'm kind of curious too is you can read the industry magazines and they're going to tell you that you need to have an upgrade program or you need to have the the mia calls and the attendance awards and stuff like that 
and you probably knew or read about all that information prior to working with Allie. I'm just kind of curious. Number one, is that true? Did you had you heard about all those things prior to? And then you you know why would you go and get a coach if you already knew the things that you were supposed to do? Well, I, I actually you know I, I'm very I, I didn't do a lot of reading on on that stuff to be honest with you. I, I'm very like you know I just I train and that's what I do. And you know I wasn't so. I mean, I did a little bit of research on, you know, marketing and things like that, and uh, but but um, I don't know. Like, I, I was I was not so enthused, you know, prior about you know doing these different, you know, attendance programs and you know this reward and that thing, and I, I just wasn't into it. And and um, I, I just I, I felt like the martial arts should be the intrinsic reward and the information should be the motivator, period. And so I, I didn't have any interest in looking at those other things, really, um, because I was kind of stuck in that old-school mindset. And, you know, as I, as I have been teaching more and more, um, I'm seeing there's a, a real shift in how kids are learning and what is motivating them. And, you know, it used to be that, you know, um, you, you, went to the, you went to the dojo, you trained, and your parents, you know, they, you know, they didn't want to hear that you were bored. Well, you know, too bad. Go and train. You're learning this because this is an important skill. And, you know, and nowadays, you know, there's so much stimulation that, you know, with, and, you know, with, with TV and computers and, and, you know, soccer and, and, you know, the parents sign them up for like a million activities. You really need to, to do different things that, stand out in their mind as, as uh, you know, excitement for them within the class. As long as you, as you don't, you know, taint the training, you know, these things can actually stand out and, and give them, you know, a, a, a sense of accomplishment within the school. And that, I think, is a good motivator. And, Dwayne, if I, I might, might add to that, I think that, I don't think, I know, because I've coached so many traditional school owners, and I am one, and I actually had to myself have, uh, you know, an epiphany before I realized that um, business doesn't necessarily mean sellout. It doesn't have an equal sign, business equals sellout. Just like people say, oh, salesmen, don't try to sell me. I have had people that have called me up to coach with me, and their, their waiver before we even started the conversation is, don't try to sell me anything. I'm like, you called me, you asked for my knowledge, I'm not trying to sell you anything. <laughs> However, that's their philosophy, right? So they're afraid of people selling. They're afraid of becoming the salesperson. They're afraid of business tainting what they do. So I think for me was to show Sensei David that just because you're going to have a business doesn't mean you necessarily have to lower the quality or change how you do things necessarily. I mean, we've done slight shifts in maybe a class format or try new things and maybe market differently and overcome the fear of, of trying to sign people up for an event and talk to people about an upgrade. But it really wasn't about that. I wanted him to realize that, you know, business and martial arts are the same. Even classically in, you know, the 1700s or the 1600s or the 1400s in Japan, um, there was some form of, uh, you know, student 
reciprocation to their teacher um, or their lord or the samurai for you know to the shogun um, they were getting paid you know samurai would literally go out and they would fight a war and they'd get paid based on the heads they brought back so there was performance and and then they got a fee so nothing was just this esoteric in in the mindset that the you know people in the world think that you know people who are teachers should just be altruistic and not make a living they should just give selflessly to to the world but it's we could give something that's super amazing and change people's lives but still make a living doing it and i think that was a part of the shift with with uh, sensei david that we had to kind of overcome that feeling that 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 guilt of uh, maybe thinking, hey, I'm doing something bad because I'm a success now. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right? Well, yeah. Were definitely. you concerned about your uh, Were you concerned about your constituents um, thinking that about you? Um. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was, I was, you know, concerned that you know people, you know, would would think of me differently or or you know, that, that I would lose students because, you know, uh, I valued, you know, what I, what I was worth. And so, yeah, these were, these were all concerns. Sure. And now when you decided to, you know, obviously raise your price the first time, uh, even well before even having upgrade programs, um, how was that, how was that received? Well, the way that I did it, because I, I felt like, you know, um, I, I didn't want to, uh, totally hammer my my current existing student body because you know they were what got me to where I was. So what I did is I did a gradual increase for current students, and then just all new students would have the the full price. And then over time, over years, you know I've been getting them up to you know the current pricing with everyone else. Um, but right. I didn't want to give a, a, a fifty dollar increase to. Uh, to my students, I didn't feel comfortable doing that to them, you know, because I do respect my students, and, and not that I don't respect new people, but but I just, you know, I I appreciated, you know, their years of loyalty to me. So, you know, I, I you know, I explained to them, and you know, say, look, you know, I, I, all my prices were going up, you know, my cost of living, the cost of rent, the cost of gas, the cost, you know, with the everything going up every year. You know, no one feels bad for me, and you know, and and in order to to be able to survive and and pay my bills at, at a current price, I had to charge a current price. You know, it it, it just makes sense. You know, um, so I when I explained to them why I was doing what I was doing, you know, most of them really understood and and really didn't give me a hassle. You know, there there were of course a couple people that didn't want to pay the new price and they left, but you know, just like a tree, I guess. You know, sometimes the dead leaves have to fall off in order for new foliage to bloom, you know, so that's kind of the way I look at it. Right. And I think that's important to understand. I know that that's a fear that a lot of school owners have with regards to the price increase and uh, that, you know, with their current members. So I think that was a smart way of of doing it. I know that we uh, are running short on time, but I want to give you the, 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 the microphone here, if you will, and um, are there any any more, and I'm sure you've had a few aha moments or epiphanies, obviously, going through this process with Ali. So I guess my question is, do you have any more of those that you can share? And then lastly, now that you are, and I'm holding up my quote fingers, now that you are successful um, with your school, um, uh-huh. my next question is, is why would you still stay with a coach? 
Well, you know, as far as epiphany, you know, I think I think every every week is an epiphany. Uh, I think that I learn something new. You know, every day that I'm running this business, I'm I'm going in with uh, you know shoshin, which is beginner's mind, and and you know approaching it that you know this may be the last day that I have this business, and so you know what can I learn from it, and and so. You know, I'm constantly trying to refine my my business skills, just like I would my martial arts skills, uh, and and you know, and, and tweak things. And you know, like uh, one of the things is you know my website, and you know, which uh, Ali did a great job on. Um, you know, I've tried a couple of different websites, and and the one that when I finally yielded and uh, let him design it, which he if he was telling me for years, let me design your website. I mean, the, the you know. The amount of traffic I'm getting from that is is amazing, um, you know, compared to other companies that I had, you know, that promised me things. His is the only one that's actually produced something. Um, but you know, I, I mean, I think you know the idea that retail is not not bad. You know, it was a big one for me. You know, that that actually, it, you know, people were happy when I started offering it. Um, I, I think. You know, I think that was a, a, a big deal, you know, for me as far as epiphanies go. Um, so then why are why do you still stay with a coach then now that, you know, like I said, again, quote fingers, you're doing successful? Well, because I think that just like, you know, in the martial arts, there are levels. I think um, in in growing a business, there's levels also. And, uh, he, you know, I think that once we got to a certain point, you know, then he then he introduces something new. Like one of the things which I never thought I would get to this point is that now I just hired a new employee, and so you know I never thought I would have a personal assistant helping me with things. You know, that that wasn't just a student. Um, so that was a big thing, and um, I, you know I think that he keeps me focused. Honestly, I mean I think that if I don't do something, he calls me on it, and and he keeps me you know on the path, so to speak. Whereas it's very easy to get caught up in the minutia of everyday things when uh, when you don't have someone monitoring you and and you know it's not that I'm not disciplined enough to do it myself I could probably you know do a lot but I think that having a coach adds um, a level of accountability to to what you do not only to yourself but to someone else and and you know I kind of feel bad when when I you know when I don't do what he asked me to do, you know, because he's right. And I know that if I listened to what he said, I would get the results, you know, nine times out of ten. So, uh, you know, so that's that's why I still have a coach. And, Dwayne, I could, I could add to that as well. It's interesting. It's, and all of us that are on the phone call will understand this the minute, the minute I say it is it's just like a student. When they come to us at white belt level, um, and, they're, and they're brand new in the martial arts. I mean, you could get guys that are, you know, and the, the biggest problem is when we get adults who are intellectuals who know everything and know what's right for them and are very intelligent. I've had some students like that. They're the most difficult people to teach because – you have to break through, and it was very similar to coaching somebody like, you know, Sensei David, where he had, uh, you know, he had his own way of thought. He, he had it in his mind that he wanted it to be a certain way, and his vision of it, you know, old school, um, what was good, what was bad, what you shouldn't charge, you know, those things that we all stumbling blocks as a coach we have to um, overcome. Uh, but it's just like a student that's a white belt, and they come to you, and, you know, they they learn their technique, and they think they know it. Like, for example, and I think we talked about this last week, I had a student that quit at Brown Belt. 
And I said, what are you doing? You and your daughter are so amazing. How are you going to quit? He says, no, no, no. We have the black belt mindset. I'm like, how could you have the black belt mindset if you never got your black belt? Well, we know what it takes to be a black belt. You know, I, I understand it. I'm like, you don't understand. He said, no, no, I do. I, I you know, I read. And it, you, it's like saying that you know what it's like to be a parent. And all three of us on this call are parents when you have no children. Yes, we could read the books. Yes, we could have theories. Yes, we could know what the, the theory of how you're supposed to feel when you have a child. But the minute that child is born, bam. Everything, immediately, lights go off. Not one light, but a million lights go off everywhere, and there are aha moments every day as to how come those parents were so right when they said, you know, you're right. You don't know what it's like to be a parent until you have one, and they were right. They, I used to get mad at people when they said that. So back to the whole thing about it, it's, you know, it's understanding that coach guide you through all these facets and then I've had people that coach with me like David and they get some uh, form of success and they say I'm all good I'm going to stop coaching now because they're looking at the coaching fee and they're looking at their success and they're saying well I can't go any further but the reality is um, the, the more you continue to coach the more layers you uncover and the, the way you keep sharp and the more things you could add on as long as the coach has been there obviously once you've surpassed your teacher there's no more that you could learn from them but if you have a good coach that's been multiple layers ahead of you you could always just uncover a new layer a new level a new set of rules a new way of changing things like david said now his new level is working with employees and i i wish him a lot of luck and i'm glad that i've had hundreds of them um because i could guide him through a lot of the situations because it's not easy having employees um so anyway so there are those multiple tiers as to where he can continue forward and we can keep growing his business and we can keep uncovering all these facets of his business that will make him, you know, continue to grow and have an unbelievable lifestyle. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, David, I know that uh, uh, Ali has informed me uh, about your latest um, uh, book that you, and I know that you're really excited about this latest book that you are putting together. Um, is it okay to kind of let the cat out of the bag and what it's going to be about? Sure, sure. Would you like to do it, or would you like me to do it? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. No, I, you tell us. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, well, and, and let me just say something real quick, because you had said, uh, Ali, in the beginning that I was a SOKE, which I'm not. I'm not a founder of my own system. So I okay. just, yeah, I am the successor. So I will inherit the system when the head of the system dies. So I just don't want to claim anything that I'm not. Um, okay. You know, but but the, as far as the book goes, I, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this. Um, you know, I've felt that you know there are a lot of great martial arts masters um, out there, and and they have a lot of wisdom, you know, decades of of, of wisdom behind them, and um, and so I had the idea for this book called uh, Modern Masters of the Martial Arts, and what what I'm doing is I'm featuring one master from each style of martial arts to explain a little bit uh, about their martial art from their perspective and give insight into the strategies and philosophies of their art and what makes them distinct. Um, and so this will be, you know, a really great resource for someone that may not know the difference between karate and taekwondo or jiu-jitsu and, and aikido. And, and, you know, it'll have, you know, beautiful photographs, of each master demonstrating a technique along with, you know, their insights. And, um, you know, we have about 50 different masters that have signed on to the project so far, um, you know, and um, 
you know, we're looking for a couple more uh, that, you know, are master-level instructors, but um, I, I'm, I'm really excited for how this project is evolving, you know. So uh, the, book, the book should be out um, f to be published next year in 2016, although it's available for pre-order now. Yeah, I'm excited about uh, about that. I, I think the the opportunity for even school owners to be able to, uh, you know, promote that book and and uh, this is that this is probably putting you on the spot and not, you don't have to say anything. But I, I it just got me thinking because my mind works in, in in the marketing mode a lot. Is you know promoting this book through schools, uh, not that you're necessarily looking for book sales to make money, although that would be nice for yourself. Um, but to spread the word of the martial arts, um, you know, as well. But I, I just wanted to throw that out there because I, I got excited just thinking about, you know, the the movie that just came out. Um, Allie, what was I, – oh, my gosh, I can't – it escaped me. Underdog. Uh, the one – Underdog. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to be able to promote a movie through martial arts schools, I just it just kind of hit me where, well, why can't you do that with the with the book as well? So I'm excited about the book. And uh, now, how can we how can we pre-order it? Well, you can go to uh, the book website, which is mastersofthemartialarts.com, and uh, you can order through PayPal, and it'll go to my publisher, and, um, and you know, they'll take your information, and then once the book is published, you know, then, then they'll drop ship it right to you. All right. Well, I'll make sure that uh, this goes on our School Owner Talk uh, website as well so that people can uh, find that link. That's yeah, so nice. Thank you. For the school owners that are out there that are listening, um, you know, there are some spots open. Uh, actually, there are many spots open. Well, not many spots open, but there are many spots available for specific systems and styles of the martial arts. Um, and uh, I, I recommend it as uh, Sensei David's coach to, uh, you know, keep getting names and then maybe even having a volume two and a volume three because, you know, the, there's so many incredible martial art masters out there that have trained in their own specific system and uh, there's room for multiple books. Go to the website, um, fill out the, the questionnaire, tell Sensei David a little bit about your style and what you do and um, represent it in the book and, you know, get your name out there as well. But at the same time, it just, it creates that, you know, if you're in a book like this, by the way, for the people, school owners that are listening, if you're in a book like this, I could give you a 20 point um, a way of marketing and parlaying that um, that book that you're in, if you get in this book, into a way to market your school and gain credibility and become that constant in your town and area. So, um, so it's a great thing, and I'm really proud to work with him, help him, and be a part of it, and and um, have him on the interview today. So, thanks so much, and say David for being on with us, and uh, Dwayne, thanks for you know helping me through this interview with him, and and of course, it's always great to spend my Monday with you. And um, everybody else, you know, thanks for listening. Please share this with others, especially if you have friends in the martial arts that want to be in this book as well. Um, and uh, share this uh, this call because I think there are a lot of really good, uh, you know, aha moments that Sensei David shared with you on the mindset, especially for traditional school owners and, you know, uh, classical people. And I just want to add that remember that you can subscribe on iTunes um, to have it delivered directly to your I product, and also we have a uh, ability to, to be able to subscribe on Android and Android devices too on the website at schoolandlearnertalk.com. Dave, thanks again for being with us. It was a pleasure and an honor. Thank you guys. Hey, and do me a favor, give that website again one more time. Oh, mastersofthemartialarts.com.
mastersofthemartialarts.com. Go there right now, pre-order your book. And also, hey, if you're a master of the martial arts and you want to fill out the information on there, uh, feel free to do that too. And uh, Sensei Dave will get back with you. And if it's appropriate for this book, then great. If not, maybe for future books as well. Everybody have a great day. And again, thanks guys for being on the call.